Hey there, it's Melissa Brunetti, and welcome to the Mind Your Own Karma podcast. Hey there, Karma crew. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Mind Your Own Karma, the Adoption Chronicles. I have a very special guest today, Gina Vance. She is the creator of Somatic Mindful Guided Imagery, or SMGI, and is my teacher who certified me to be an SMGI practitioner. She's here to discuss how SMGI can be helpful to anyone in the adoptee community and beyond. So if you're curious about what SMGI is, keep on listening. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about Gina Vance. Gina is a hypnotherapist and mind-body coach and the developer of the powerful Somatic Mindful Guided Imagery Protocol. She guides individuals and groups on inner journeys of self-exploration, discovery, and healing with this method. She's trained with medical doctors, shamans, and many healers, some grounded in scientific research, others profoundly intuitive. Gina created SMGI, or Somatic Mindful Guided Imagery, out of some of the most effective protocols, practices, and modalities, along with her own unique discoveries. She teaches simple but effective mind-body methods to create change, whether it's growing something like a business, relationship, or satisfaction and joy, or to diminish something like pain, anxious feelings, harmful habits, and feeling stuck. The mind-body methods Gina teaches are easy, natural, and transformative, working with the power of your subconscious and inner wisdom, while healing the traumas at the root of unwanted habits and experiences. Here is my interview with Gina Vance. So we are welcoming Gina Vance to the show today. Gina is the creator and developer of Somatic Mindful Guided Imagery, or SMGI. And although, Gina, you've been practicing and refining this therapy for like over 20 years now, you're now teaching this amazing therapy to others around the world. And SMGI truly has been a game changer in my healing process. And I am super excited that I can now share that with others as a certified practitioner. But I am truly honored to have you as a guest today on the show. So welcome, Gina Vance. Thank you so much. Yeah. To be here with you. Awesome. So let's find out a little bit about your journey because you're not adopted, but you did experience some childhood trauma and that manifested in different ways, you know, throughout your life. So why did you develop SMGI? I developed it out of personal need. I had excruciating physical pain that nothing worked to help alleviate. And at the time I had an infant daughter who I wasn't willing to abandon. The pain was so bad, I totally, well, I wanted to take myself out so many times, but there was no way I was going to leave her. So I just had to find a way. So that put me on a five-year-long dark night of the soul journey, where I just took one class and one course and studied with one healer after another uh, for about five years. And at the end of that five years, I had pieced together what most helped me. And then I knew I had to share it with others. So I retired my engineering career, hung up my shingle as a healer, even though it felt pretty uncomfortable. That felt pretty weird 23 years ago, especially in my hometown. Uh, anything spooky do uh, off the radar was frowned upon. So yeah, and then I just worked with clients uh, over the years 
and inspiration came through in my work with them and mm -hmm. from them. And eventually I knew that this was repeatable and that anyone could do it. You didn't have to be special. You could just use these elements and it would, it would work for pretty much anyone. Would you be willing to talk about your childhood trauma a little bit? Of course. Yeah. You know, over the course of those years of healing, I was doing elements of, of SMGI. And with SMGI, you can connect to your subconscious memories. And my earliest, well, my very earliest memory was when I was conceived. Oh, wow. And both of my parents were afraid that I was going to ruin their lives. They weren't married. And then I remember times in the womb and my mother's emotions of discomfort, we could say lightly. And I remember my birth. And I remember that my mother, was because she was drugged, she was absent, even though she was physically there. I remember the greasy top of the head of the balding doctor who ran his finger around my genitalia. Wow. And it definitely registered as super creepy. And then I remember being handed off to what seemed like an automaton that took me to a room of crying babies in boxes. And I was put in a box amongst all the crying babies. I knew exactly what they were crying for. And I was powerless and helpless to do anything about it. So that was the earliest. And, you know, I was at, I was having a massage with this gifted massage therapist one day. We, we had become friends because I had visited her so frequently. And she was one of the people that I knew wouldn't freak out if I let somatic experience in my body happen, mm -hmm. which I'd learned from many people that they got easily frightened or overwhelmed by my trauma responses. But I was on her massage table and my left leg wanted to start jiggling, shivering, quivering. And I knew she could handle it. So I just let it go. And so as I did, Alexa said, Gina, do you smell that? And I said, no, what, what are you noticing? It smells like anesthesia. I oh, said, wow. oh, that's interesting because I was just having flashback to the womb where my legs wouldn't work to help me get out because my mother was drugged and so was I. Oh, wow. Wow. So, so that was kind of the that original landing in the human experience. But my, my mother was very troubled. She had several personalities, a lot of rage. She was very violent physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Mm -hmm. And now that I have done so much healing around that, I almost have a little glee in my voice about, like, it's almost like, oh, I got accepted into the Marines, or I got accepted into the Navy SEALs. Right? <laughs> you know, I was a little teeny tiny infant when it happened, but I got in. Yeah. And it grueling. It was tough. And I had a lot of PTSD symptoms that I disregarded until I couldn't anymore when I got started on this journey. And for me, a prime motivator was my daughter. Different people are motivated by different things. Yeah. So let's talk about SMGI. What is it and how does it work? Hmm. What it is, is a gentle way to journey inwards into and through your subconscious where all of your power and glory and beauty reside your trauma's there too but smgi has an intent to go in to help 
not to relive or remember or re-experience. If that needs to happen for you to get the job done, then you will. But let me back up a little bit. You won't necessarily relive an experience, but you'll be able to witness it as the kind of person that maybe most of us never experienced in our life. So if you just imagine that you had a person in your life that loved you utterly and no matter what, you could sob, you could cry, you could poop your pants, they would just hold you through it. Maybe they would cry with you, but they weren't crying also beside you. They were holding space for you and honoring, 100% honoring your suffering, your experience. And yet somehow knowing that that you can get through this, having faith in you that you can get through this and you can survive it and you can flourish in spite of it or because of it, but very present with you in such a state of love. Yeah. In SMGI, we are that for our parts that experienced the atrocities that they experienced. Yeah. It's awesome. And we've all heard about the trauma responses, fight, flight, freeze, and fawn, but you've discovered a few more responses and a book is coming out about that. Can you talk about the different ways trauma can affect us and how it is stored in our subconscious mind and in our bodies? Yeah. Well, there are obvious ways that trauma affects us. Addictions or uh, emotional outbursts or emotional shutdown, chronic anxious feelings. There are subtle ways that trauma affects us by just keeping us from living the life that we want to live. So there's not one way to say, ah, trauma, because all of us have had trauma to a degree, right? Trauma is just some wounding that we experienced somewhere along the line that is unhealed, right? Usually in an experience that was overwhelming, anytime we're overwhelmed, our biology reads that as life-threatening, we could die. Mm -hmm. And we don't always have that opportunity for that magnificent being or person in our outer world to, to honor what we just lived through, that we have lived through it, we've survived, and that it can be okay again. So there's a lot of unfinished, like open wounds in our psyche that don't take much to close, seal, and heal. The most powerful and efficient way to do that is inside yourself, in your inner world. Things in the outer world take a lot longer to heal than things in the inner world. And sooner you heal things in the inner world, the sooner they heal in the outer world. Yeah, yeah. So all adoptees have a story to tell about their experience, and a lot of times they don't feel validated because what they're told and what really happened not necessarily is the same story. Mm-hmm. It's a muddy water. So when you talk about trauma, you say the facts don't matter. What do you mean by that? Mm. The facts don't matter because what actually happened might affect one person traumatically. It might not affect another person traumatically at all. What matters is the perception about that experience that we're carrying around inside of us that matters. And sometimes it won't be helpful to dig up old material and remember it. You don't need to remember to heal. When you're journeying inwards, your own inner wisdom will 
offer you a narrative to move through that may or may not be actual or factual, and yet it will be the narrative through which you can heal those wounds that are remaining to be healed, those experiences that are remaining to be honored. So perception is key. I think people get stuck there a lot because they're wanting that validation from the other person and you might never get that, but they get stuck there that so badly when you need to be your own hero and save yourself and not worry about what they remember, but it's so important about what you remember and how to work through that, I think. Yeah. And the good thing about want is that it shows you, it's a call inwards. It shows you something that you do want. It shows you something that you didn't get. And we haven't been told that we can get it. And, and the key is to give it to ourselves. And But at first, if we hear those kinds mm-hmm. of things, you know, we try lighting the, the candles around the bathtub and we try, you know, doing those things. And it's like, why isn't it happening? So that's that's <laughs> the value of SMGI. We, we actually go where we can get it done inside. Yeah. So uh, many adoptees live in survival mode from birth and um, well into adulthood. And a lot of times we don't even realize that we're doing it. Can you talk about how survival mode can both benefit, but as time goes on, also be non-beneficial and what role SMGI can play in alleviating living in that survival mode loop? Mm. Yeah. You know, as you ask that question, the, the story that comes to mind or, or narrative or analogy is say a, a troop of us were in the woods and we had the big burly dude that was the former Navy SEAL that is on point, right? He is more perceptive of things that we might be oblivious to, right? So trauma or high risk, high danger, getting damaged helps us to be more perceptive than we would have been in a more naive state, an innocent state of innocence, Mm -hmm. right? So that's one of the benefits of having lived through high adventure is that we are more perceptive. One of the drawbacks is that sometimes that that danger button is stuck on. So now we're hypervigilant. Mm-hmm. So once the yeah. trauma part of the history, of our history is healed, we don't lose our superpowers of greater perceptivity. In fact, my partner is stunned all the time when we try, we go somewhere together and I'll say, did you notice that? And he's like, how do you do that? Trauma. <laughs> but yeah, paradoxically, when we are in the, the stress response because our trauma is activated or triggered, then that's when our perception narrows and we really can't perceive more than what is related to survival. So we lose the capacity to be aware of nuance and other options about how we could creatively move through a situation. And the other thing is that a lot of people in society aren't even aware of adoption trauma. They're not aware of what we call in our circles, the primal wound. They don't know that's a real thing. And it's not just adoptees, but birth mothers also have shame and guilt too for and are traumatized because of relinquishing their child. How is it possible to heal from adoption trauma specifically with SMGI? Mm. All trauma is healable whatever variety of flavor. 
adoption trauma. I didn't, before I had met you, Melissa, I didn't know that there was like, that people were honoring it. I hadn't actually heard anyone honoring it, but every client that I had that just lightly mentioned, and I was adopted, I just stop and pause with them. Mm. There's always trauma involved with that. And, yeah. and oftentimes they kind of shrug and, and dismiss it because mm -hmm. that's what mm -hmm. the world does, but yes. it will always come up in their work. And one beautiful middle-aged man, I guess, came to work with me specifically because he wanted a wife, but he recognized that there was something between him and, and female relationships. And in the course of our work, he was taken back to his birth and to his mother dying. And then when he was three years old, his adoptive mother died. So oh pretty simple to understand. There's a lot of loss relative to that intimate, that most intimate female relationship. Mm -hmm. So no wonder you're going to have some subconscious obstacles in the way. And yeah. whatever the facts may have been, in his case, he experienced getting to know his birth mother, being held in her arms as she danced around in her 1950s outfit. And and then having dialogue with his passed away adoptive mother, who acted as mm -hmm. a, a guide and wise advisor to him. And so we did our work and I didn't hear from him until maybe five or six years later, his wife came in to have a few sessions with me. <laughs> wow. Now, how many sessions did he have? Do you remember? I think he had a couple six packs. I think mm -hmm. he did three at a time, like three mm -hmm. and do three more, and then let's do three more, and then let's do three more. That's amazing. Yeah, and people always know um, if more is going to be more helpful, and then they know it's like, okay, that's good. Mm -hmm. Good for now or good forever. Who knows? But we do have knowing inside of us. That's one of the reasons with SMGI. It's different than coaching where, okay, we're going to work together for six months, once a week or 12 yeah. months or, or whatever. Cause when you've had enough for now, you've had enough for now. Yeah. But it's good for the, the client and it's good for the practitioner. Yeah. And plus it keeps working after long after the sessions. And so I think you kind of know when, like you said, you get to the end of that, that section and then it's like, okay, I need to go to another layer now, go to, mm -hmm. you know. Do some yeah, more. go live, go live your changes because a mm -hmm. lot happens in every session and it's cumulative. So it continues to work in the background for yeah. months, for years, maybe forever. I don't know. Yeah. And people always know when it's time for more. So some you'll never see again and some you'll see again once in a while and, and some you'll see again pretty regularly. Yeah. So there's many adoptees that feel that they don't have an identity or a sense of self, and they're afraid to open that Pandora's box. Mm. Um, and I feel like we're put into what I call the adoptee uh, witness protection program. You know, we lose our identity as soon as we're born mm. and we become adults and we're still legally not able to find out who we are. Um and that can be scary for someone that's been through trauma to try to access memories and the subconscious. So what would you say to those individuals that are afraid to explore what's in their subconscious mind? That that's a natural fear. It's universal. 
and that it's not going away. Mm. Kind of like if you had a relative locked up in the attic that was rattling chains all the time, moaning, screaming, you just turn the TV up louder. It's still there in the background creating stress in your system. Mm -hmm. So it's not about, you know, putting your face in the poop. It's not uh, about feel the fear and do it anyway. It can be done very gently and respectfully in a way where it's titrated according to your own inner wisdom. As a practitioner, we can't force you to go somewhere. You have all these wonderful protective mechanisms in there that say, no, now is not the right time. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's a lot of tricks out there to override that. SMGI is not about overriding anything. It's all there for a good reason. So most people come to this work because their pain is greater than their fear. Mm-hmm. Certainly was the case for me. I didn't want anything to do with this kind of wackadoo stuff. But when my pain got greater than my fear, I would try the next what I thought of at the time as, as was a weirdo. Yeah. So the only way you're really going to believe that you'll be able to come back, you won't be overwhelmed, you won't be reliving and be re-traumatized is to experience it. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, you know, people will come in for one session, just check it out, see how it feels. And at the end of that session, they always know if and how they want to continue. Yeah. So that kind of brings me to the next question. When people hear hypnotherapy, a lot of times they remember the guy they saw at the fair that (laughs) hypnotized everyone and made them, you know, act like a chicken or something. And it it can be terrifying for somebody that's recovering from trauma to think that, oh my gosh, what are you going to do to me? You know? So how is the Mm -hmm. hypnotherapy used in SMGI different? Yeah. Big difference is that we're not trying to get you to do anything. We are offering you prompts that invite you to put your toe in the water, so to speak. How do you like it? Would you like more? Mm-hmm. If you would, we'll give you another prompt. How about this? And the other thing is that it is led by your own inner wisdom as the journeyer, as the client. So we might have an agenda that we're going to guide you inwards to connect to the sensations in your body, to a good place that's beautiful and feels good, to a comforting presence where you can feel those good feelings and get all of that nice, calming, settling and stabilizing going in your nervous system. But as soon as we guide someone inwards, they might just go somewhere that we weren't intending for them to go, but their inner wisdom says, this is top priority. This is what they need to connect to now. So it's like, okay, great. I can help you with that. Would you like to explore that? Yeah. So you're in control the whole time and we can't make you do anything that you don't want to do or make you go anywhere that you want to go. Truly. We don't, we don't even intend to. Yeah. Right. We could put a gun to your head and you would probably do some things you didn't want to do. Yeah. But it's like that very spacious kind of mythic being that loves you and allows you and just invites you. Yeah. Very invitational. Yeah. 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 So besides helping alleviate the effects of trauma that we've talked about quite a bit, what are other ways people can benefit from SMGI? Mm. Well, though it is the best way that I know of to resolve trauma that create conditions that are uncomfortable or unwanted, 
it's not really about the trauma. It's really about what do you want to create? What kind of experience do you want to be having in your body, in your life, in your career, in your health, with your health? So it's really about helping people get what they want. Mm -hmm. And it's incredible how people get what they ask for. Sometimes over the years, people have come in asking for certain things and I'm like, I don't know if that's possible, but okay. And they've always just stunned me with the miracles that human beings can create. We are so powerful and so capable with the right conditions. You know, these kind of secret things that nobody taught us that are super simple, kind of hiding in plain sight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anything's possible, really. Mm. So in closing, what would you like struggling adoptees to know? Well, I would like them to know a little bit about your experience with SMGI. And I'd also like them to know that adoption is a very particular kind of intense human experience. Whether you have been coerced or whatever the conditions were to release your child, or whether you were the child that was let go of, it's a very specific kind of wounding. And of course, that can look how a, it can look a million different ways, mm-hmm. depending on the, the adoptee or, or the, the parent or parents who relinquished their child for whatever reasons. So you potentially have a greater depth of experience, understanding, and compassion around the themes of perhaps abandonment or feeling unloved, unwanted, not chosen, and forsaken. Mm-hmm. And really, in, in some ways, these are universal experiences for all of us, but someone in the adoption constellation has this very personalized, very in-depth lived experience of it. So in one sense, it can be a superpower for you, can be. Mm-hmm. There will be some healing required so that you can turn that lead into gold. But the depth of experience and the compassion that that brings really that can only come through direct physical mental, emotional, spiritual experience. We can read about it in a book and think, oh, mm, oh, yeah, I see what you mean. But it doesn't compare with living it. Yeah. So it's a potential superpower. And it's a potential way that you can bless yourself, that you can be blessed, and that you can bless those in your sphere of influence. And one other thing that comes with that, earlier you mentioned core wound. It's It's a beautiful concept. Um, there is this idea that right beside our core wound is our core gift Mm. and that the core wound is so wounding because it is diametrically opposed to our, our true gift. And I can tell you from my experience, my, my identity was of an unwanted, unloved loser that because I existed, others suffered. Mm -hmm. That was what I created within myself relative to my experiences and what was going on with my parents. But as I did my healing work, I found that right next to that, my core gift is to bless because I exist. Others are to be blessed. Mm -hmm. 
but they were just so it was such the opposite of that here i am my the truth in my soul because i exist others are blessed and then what i'm experiencing is because i exist other it causes suffering to others it's like well, the mind how do you say that on tv mind uh mind screw <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right the ultimate mind screw right right <laughs> and so you know identity is a tricky thing because you know just like identifying as a victim we have all been victimized and so if we identify as a victim of adoption or of relinquishing my child then it's not our true identity. Mm-hmm. Our true identity is infinite. And you don't have to believe any certain things, you know, when it comes to SMGI. However, some of your listeners in the adoption community might be interested in the books uh, by Michael Newton. Do you know those? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Yeah. He's passed away now, but he was a hypnotherapist and all he cared about was guiding people through a most recent past life death experience and then through that between lives experience before they reincarnated. Right. Who knows if it's all true or not. But interesting. I remember one and he wrote two books, one journey of souls and I think the other called destiny of souls. But they might be interesting for your listeners. One story I remember is that. This person in hypnosis remembered uh, that they chose to come into a certain family who was wealthy and had a lot of books and then to fall under the carriage and have their legs rolled over by the carriage wheel so that they would be paralyzed and just have to pretty much be bedridden for their whole life and read books. But as a soul, they, they wanted just to have a life where they could just read books. Yeah. So it's kind of like, if, if there is any truth to that, it could be analogous to on the earth if you want to go on a vacation adventure, you know, and you get the brochure, it's choose your adventure. Do you want to do the snow adventure where you're dropped off by the helicopter and you go down the moguls, the black diamond moguls? Do you want to go swim with the sharks? Uh, do you want to climb the mountain with no ropes, just finger holes? And play? so it's like, choose your adventure. It's really phenomenal that if as souls we choose our adventures right we choose to come into parents that we're going to be with just for a short time before we're adopted or before we languish until we are adopted however it all works Mm -hmm. but the ultimate mind screw is that our, our memories wiped so it's like we don't remember that we chose any of this right there's a lot of adoptees and i just want to say to listeners right now, there's a lot of adoptees that do say, I would never choose to be adopted. I would never choose this ever. Like that's ridiculous, but just to be curious about it and think about it and just examine it just a little bit, just think about it for a second and see what you are getting out of that experience, what you could give others through that experience. You know, there, there are some positives there. If you can stop and just be a little bit curious about if I did, if I did choose this life, why would I have done that? Maybe that's a question you can take into an inner journey and you don't even have to be polite about it. You can be really pissed off. Okay. Yeah. If I did, 
why would I? And then you go in and, and then you'll be shown as like, oh, whoa. Yeah. What? Oh, woo. <laughs> doesn't always happen in one session. It could. Right. And, right. and let's also honor the difference between the soul experience and the human experience. Because the human experience, no way. Right. No way would, would you choose any kind of terrible pain? Blistering, soul pain, blistering, heartbreaking pain. Who, who would choose that? No one. So what we're talking about here is really honoring the human experience that didn't choose it consciously mm-hmm. at all. And then connecting to their soul, who may have, yeah. and then somehow those two get blended in whatever concentration is right for you in the moment, according to your own inner wisdom, in a way that helps you experience peace. And then eventually to look back with appreciation for the villains and the pain they caused that you're now healed from. So like, yeah, then it becomes kind of like a fish story. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was almost pulled over the boat and I almost drowned in the ocean because that fish was so strong. But uh, (laughs) it becomes a wild adventure. That's so true. Well, I love what you say. You always say, you know, you're kind of choosing short term pain for long from long term suffering that you've been suffering for a long time and just trying to survive from. I think that kind of pinpoints adoptees and, you know, obviously it depends on where they're at in their journeys. And the reason I got into SMGI was I had a, a another adoptee tell me that he had he's probably in his seventies and he had pain in his body since he was four years old and he had no idea what it was connected to. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. And then like, I swear three days later, I heard about SMGI and got on your website. And I was like, that's the answer. Obviously somatic therapy, like follow the pain. What is it connected to that? It's going to be so huge. Once this gets out into the adoptee community and people start being curious about it and, um, trying it and seeing what is possible. It's so needed. Yeah. It's just so needed. And a lot of times people come into a session, either there, there's a pain that they want to be free of. They don't usually say, I want to heal all my trauma. They just, there's a pain or an anxious feeling or a stuck feeling, mm. uh, either physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in their career, whatever. So that's not usually what people come in for. They just want to change some part of their experience. And on the way to doing that, they'll heal what needs to be healed. They'll bring it back into wholeness. They'll bring themselves back into wholeness and less disconnected from their precious parts. Yeah. Well, can I ask you, Melissa, your, your direct experience as a journeyer in SMGI, what is it that you want your community to know about what it was like for you? Yeah, because why I wanted to even be a practitioner was to heal adoption trauma. I wanted to heal my own, obviously, so that I could feel better, but also tell my clients what's possible. So every journey when I was asked what I wanted to possibly get out of it, that was always a thing. Whether it came up in the journey or not, it sometimes did, sometimes didn't, but my subconscious knew it needed to come up next. And sometimes I was like, what was that about? And then my next journey, it all made sense. Oh, I needed to cover that 
to get to here. So it does make sense. But I had in such a short amount of time, I would probably say within six to nine sessions, I had very profound journeys like you did of being in the womb remembering conversations between my birth parents, um, feeling the cortisol and the stress in my mom's body, hearing her cry. And I also went through birth, which was, I mean, that was just amazing. And it also gave me huge, huge compassion for my birth mother at that point and healed so much anger and trauma that I had in that relationship because I did meet her later in life and there was a second rejection. So we are not speaking um, right now. And that really hurt probably more than the first rejection because I could remember it, you know, Um, but it just healed all that. I can't really put it into words, but it was just like an exhale like this calming exhale where I could let it go. And I was okay with where she was at and had the compassion for where she was at and recognized what trauma she probably went through. Cause I experienced it while I was in her womb and being born, I heard her scream out in not only birthing pain, but in pain of knowing that she was going to be giving me up. And I experienced too being with all the other babies and the, you know, the little bassinets and, I remember being wheeled down the hallway and I was seeing the lights go by, you know, and I was like trying to focus and what's going on and where's my mother and just all the things. Um, But at the same time, it just experiencing all that and having an understanding of it just brings so much peace. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to understand even, you know, talking about it, Mm -hmm. but you just have to experience it. You really do. Cause yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing. And then if anyone's listening and you are in a space where you want to heal and you want to experience SMGI, you can do that. Or you can, Gina is coming up with a class and you can get certified as an SMGI practitioner. We're going to have all those links in the show notes. If that's something that you're on your healing journey and you want to add that to your arsenal to help adoptees or help anyone really. Yeah. So do tell us all the goods. What are you up to (laughs) and where can we find you and all that stuff? (laughs) Yeah. Well, every year I train another cohort of interested people. It's a six month training starts in the middle of March every year, goes through the middle of September. And then in November or so every year we have a, a five day retreat. And so that pretty much fills my year in the background. I'm working on writing that book about the nine survival related responses that become trauma related reactions and fight flight freeze are the popular ones that we've heard of but avoid is probably the number one that we do avoid submit surrender we've all done Mm -hmm. and then attach is a big one it gets some mention annihilate make it stop and repeat repeat is a magical one because that genius inside of us will help us gravitate to relationships and situations that will reactivate the old stuff that wants our attention so it can be made complete but i encourage your listeners if they're intrigued at all to go to the somatic mindful guided imagery website and there you can look at on the practitioners page there are many practitioners to choose from if you want to experience SMGI as a journeyer, as a client. And if you're curious about the training, there's also information there uh, about the 
six month intensive training. Melissa, what was your experience of the training? You know, it was funny because I had never even gone through a session (laughs) before I got in the class. I just looked at the class and I was like, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm always like that though. I'm always like, follow the breadcrumbs, follow my intuition. I was a newbie when I came into the class and never had experienced before. And, you know, as an adoptee, the hypnotherapy thing, I was a little bit, what is going to happen here, you know, but quickly became very comfortable with the work and um, experiencing the journeys and things. And I was just very, it just put that nail in, you know, the coffin, like I'm doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the right thing every class. And it was just so validating in every class I would get a validation of this is, this is the right thing. This is the right thing. I'm surprised at how quickly and efficiently it works. Mm -hmm. And like you said, six months down the road, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I asked for this thing six months ago. And now I'm seeing it working over here when I didn't even ask for it to work over here. You know, it's just amazing how it works. And it just kind of all these little tentacles come out into all these areas that you weren't even thinking it was going to benefit. And I'm still benefiting from those things nine months later. So yeah, it was truly transformational and for myself. And also I'm hoping that it will be transformational for my adoptee clients too. Mm -hmm. I know it, I know it will be. So I love that analogy, the nail in the coffin, because some things need to be buried, but the difference is there needs to be ritual. There needs to be honoring. There needs to be community. And this is often part of what people experience in their inner journeys is a a community of caring figures that show up that help them honor and bury what needs to be buried. But rather than just kind of like carrying a corpse around with us, we've never had that, that opportunity to be supported in completing a ritual where it can now be honored and it can now be released. Yeah. You know, it also, when you were talking, it reminds me that as I was on my healing journey, the whole forgiveness thing, I was really annoyed by. (laughs) But one thing I pleasantly found with SMGI is you just do these journeys and then forgiveness just happens. Yeah. You can't just force forgiveness because you're, you're not honoring all these things that need to be honored. But once you do, then it's like, it just doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's <laughs> true. Oftentimes it's like awesome. I'm I can really serve well and be at great peace because of because of all yeah. of the intense challenges that I experience. I think a lot of people don't like to forgive because they feel like if I do that, then I'm saying it's okay what you did to me. Of course. And that's not what it's about. Yeah. It's about releasing yourself. Yeah. From that bond, that, that baggage. (laughs) So beautifully sums up SMGI, releasing yourself from bondage, setting yourself to create whatever you want to create. Yeah. It's awesome. So I will have all your links in the show notes. Thank you so much, Gina, for coming on the show today. How can people find you, Melissa, if they have a (laughs) session with you? Oh, yes. Somatic Mindful Guided Imagery. I have a website. It's in the show notes, somatichealingjourneys.com. So if you're interested or want to learn more about me and SMGI, you can go there and get in touch with me and uh, 
Yeah. And I will have Gina's links in the show notes as well. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Thank you for the good work that you're doing in this world, Melissa, and for all that you have gone through that has brought you to where you are now. Yes. So grateful. Thank you. What an honor it was to have Gina Vance on the show today and just to be able to explain what SMGI is in easy to understand terms. And I think hearing it from the creator herself is just amazing. And if you are at all curious about SMGI, you can go to my website, somatichealingjourneys.com or Gina's links are all in the show notes. You know, I always say that everyone's healing combination is different. And if you have tried other modalities and they just don't feel like they're hitting the mark, that there's still something deep in there that you feel is holding you back from living a life that you love. You owe it to yourself to be curious and explore that. SMGI may or may not be part of your healing combination, but don't give up on yourself. There are so many therapies out there right now that are making a difference in the community. And if you need some direction on that, I have some resources for you. So get in touch with me. My email is mindyourownkarma at gmail.com or you can get a hold of me at somatic healing journeys, SMGI at gmail.com. As always, take what you need and leave what you don't. And always remember to mind your own karma. I'll see you next time.